GameForge's In the Hunt, Season 4. Retooled, rearmed with more knowledge to help you reach your performance goals and your next level. In the Hunt members, mount up. It's time for the hunt. Welcome to this special edition of In the Hunt. That's right. Guess who is here today? Not missing an action today. We have Mark Sweeney. Mark Sweeney, how have you been, buddy? And where have you been? Well, I, I can't wait to hear how bad y'all slagged me off for missing was Saturday. Yesterday, was it? Yeah, I think it was yesterday. We had co-hosts, though. We had a spe- have, I'm glad you had co-hosts and weren't, weren't too lonely without me. <laughs> yes, we had two special co-hosts that uh that filled in uh Heaven's Door, and I think uh can't remember what gear that it was like Kella uh, some Gaelic. Keller some some uh, <laughs> um, special guest host that way, but but again, when, when the adults are not around, the kids are going to play. And and yes, Mark is the, push my boundaries. Mark is the eldest of the group, so he's therefore Papa. Oh, oh. And uh, so Gareth and I, I guess, rebelled a little bit. And uh, but now I'm I'm on the straight and narrow. Uh, my uh, my uh, Pop Pop is back, and therefore I am completely uh co-host free today and we're going to talk uh in the hunt game mainly game forge stuff some new additions and some new stuff that we've learned and we're putting in the system kind of a cool catch-up uh through the summer months because the summer months are kind of our big builds and they'll you'll start seeing them roll out into summer early fall and we have a couple of those getting ready to come out so mark do you want to give us a intro to one of our new additions that is either in the system or coming out shortly yeah i mean the big the big one that we are um excited about one of the ones we're excited about are is we're actually calculating out the effect of either overachieving your target in the next level or underachieving your target so for pretty much each one of those metrics like you know what's if you hit 7.1 ips instead of 6.5 ips what's that translated to score and it's not based on shots gained because shots gained is just kind of an average meaning if your average player um hit one more green what's that worth to them but what we're saying is what is it worth to you now what it's worth to you depends on how well you putt and how close you hit it so you know we looked at fleetwood for instance a few weeks ago and he puts so well statistically that him hitting a green inside 20 feet is worth more than it is to other players. So his personal, you know, gain on that or what he's earned on that is um, on an imposition is higher because he's more likely to convert it. Which is really cool. So kind of a scored earn component. Think of that inside of, you know, kind of give it some insight and like inside of training, how, how would that be applied um, for a player that's saying, all right, I want to reach top in the world or I want to earn my card maybe uh what could i do inside of training how 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 could that adjust my training thoughts uh going forward uh very very straightforward because you go down and you go down the list and say where am i um where's my biggest um gain or loss potential so what we've seen for instance three putts is actually a really big one um you know there's three putts you can gain up to a half a shot around for for a lot of players just by reducing three putts Whereas a lot of other places, whether it's fairways or greens or IPs, it's usually less than a half a shot, 0.2, 0.3 shot, something like that. Um, but you can actually get quite a bit just from putting, from your long putting. Yeah, so I think that's really interesting. So I think long putting gets beat up by a lot of people. 
because well you just don't make any from distance or it's you know it's irrelevant when it comes to um birdies yes but it's not irrelevant when it comes to scoring right definitely <laughs> definitely not irrelevant so you yes know, at 40 feet i'm not going to make many of those but of of those 40 footers how many of them turn out in the opposite direction yeah yes exactly <laughs> exactly that's what a lot of people don't get right about about long putting and we've talked about this with targeting strategies where you know the whole hit the middle of the green all the time targeting strategy well if you you know, they kind of assume that if you're at 35, 40 feet, you're just going to make par. And we know that is definitely not the case, especially at the college and junior level. You've still introduced a bogey at 40 with a 40 foot putt, just as you have with missing a green. And they might be different values depending on how well the player putts, but you're still introducing a bogey, even though you're on the green, if you're not a certain proximity. Yeah. And, and again, it just goes back to how many levels and layers there are inside of golf. Everyone, well, just, hit at this or do this or that and this will disappear and it's just like oh it's never that easy never that easy <laughs> <laughs> nothing moves in a vacuum by itself and nothing else happens it's you know it's, it's there's a lot of covariance going on and i think a lot of systems and a lot of people think yes okay i'm going to do this and this will change everything well it might give you more greens it might give you something else but it also might give you a higher score at the end of the day and inside of golf that's really what matters yeah i mean you look at you look at greens okay hit another green what's it worth well how close is it going to be yeah <laughs> you know on average you know let's call it you know you've got to say what's my likelihood of book birdie um minus what's my likelihood of bogey well it depends how close you hit it, you hit it to 20 feet okay well you got a 10 percent chance of birdie and you know some percent chance of bogey got to add them together yeah you know, it's just yeah. not the one you hit the green. You might make birdie. No, you might make bogey still. Well, in the optimist world, <laughs> <laughs> how to lie with statistics. <laughs> yes, exactly. In the, uh, I can make numbers say anything I want category. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, so I think to me, I think that build is going to be really cool because it's just going to give you a really good understanding right now. We do a lot of percentages and benchmarking off of other players, but this is going to give you kind of off a score and it really start to show you areas that, that can be addressed. And ideally they might be some areas that you can really shut some gaps down quickly. So as a touring professional or a high school player, college player trying to make a lineup or you trying to win your member member, um, this could really shed a lot of light and, and get you moving in the right direction. So I think, this edition, you know, like I said, when we started playing around with this, it was like, why weren't we doing this earlier? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a no-brainer when you look at it. But, you know, the key, the key that we're doing differently is this is not just a generic strokes game. This is, if you're a really good putter, hitting a green is worth more to you than somebody who's a really bad putter. And that's just the facts. And if you miss a green, it's worth, you know, it's a bigger penalty to people who are bad pitchers, bad chippers, and bad yeah. putters, and people are really good. And, and so it's a personal a personal calculation based on your own metrics based on what you do if you hit another green if you put x percent better right. if you hit another blackjack another go for it what's that worth to you and that's we're, that's what we're after it makes us different from everybody else yeah. we're modeling you and not a generic field or a generic skill set or whatever and comparing you to you know a group that maybe does not pertain to your abilities so the, the really cool part is it's really based off of what you do and how you can affect score quickly so 
if you're in Game Forge at all, you're shooting 100, or if you're shoot averaging 68, the system is going to look at you, look at what you do, and give you that those points in, inside of scoring where you know maybe we can move the needle just a little bit. So that should be well, coming out. Always- this was always an issue. Like you look at PJ tour, you know, strokes gain off the tee. Well, does it really hurt Dustin Johnson to miss the fairway versus, you know, yeah. Brian Gay? Well, yeah, it's different. And, and they're assigned the same value to hitting or missing the fairway. And obviously they bring in length, but just a pure missed fairway to somebody like Bryson or, or Dustin Johnson is a different value should be a different yeah. value than somebody who's not as good out of the rough or not as well, strong. Yeah. I saw uh, John Rom just the opening just, just happened. Uh, Rom shot 63 or whatever in the third round made his huge pushback. And the guy right. goes, well, well, how did that happen? He goes, well, three or four of the hardest holes were dead down win. So I just ripped drivers and I flew all the trouble. So I didn't have yeah. to worry about bunkers. I didn't, he goes, okay, I ended up in the rough. I didn't care because I was, I was hitting little wedges in. So, you know, that, that again, did that hurt him? He didn't hit every fairway, but did that really hurt him in the, in the, in the matrix of scoring? Well, if you would have gone straight off of how the PGA Tour calculated, yes. But on that day, under those conditions, I don't know what he needed to achieve. Heck no. That's Didn't exactly what he needed to do. Yeah, what, what hurts you out there is hitting it in the bunker anywhere. <laughs> yeah, out there is really bad. The simple but... rule on links courses, do not hit it in the bunker. So it's like a part three, yeah. don't hit in the water, don't hit in the bunker there. So again, where, where I find all of this and, and kind of anything that we do inside of Game Forge, we're trying to get you, the athlete, you, the player, the information you need for you to get better, not to say what the masses do. Again, because the masses don't help me other than maybe work my way around a golf course. The masses can give me some, some insight. And now that I said that, what a great segue. Uh, another <laughs> piece that we're adding inside of Game Forge. Uh, more so in our consulting group, but you as a player and coach will see from tournaments you played last year, uh, what we've done in the past, we created something called a dossier. Um, we've been very good over the last five or six years of taking in as much scoring data as we can find anywhere on earth and be able to apply that to how people play golf uh, all around the world. So we created dossiers. So pretty much if you played a collegiate event, uh, definitely a tour event. We can go back and say, here was the event. Here's how everybody scored. And here's how the golf course played. Um, so my whole round by yeah. round. Yeah. So we're kind of in a unique space that we've been doing our due diligence for many years behind the scenes that many people don't do. Um, so the cool part is anybody in the system will have access to this. But inside of our consulting wing, they'll be able to access multiple years, just search by tournament. But I think right now out of the gate, most teams, going to see their last year's um, dossiers. But like I said, it, it gives you a breakout on, I think we put difficulty of golf course, uh, how it affected the uh, scoring, uh, the strength of the schedule for college teams, because you don't really get that anywhere. And then yeah. again, kind of a breakout of how, how your team played, if your team was in it, how the winners or the top players played. Top 10. And then how the entire field played. Yeah. So again, the beauty of the dossier is you as a coach, can go to any golf course on earth and know exactly how the field had played over the years. And now you can start making really sound decisions off of which holes do we need to go after? Which holes do we need to be smarter on? Um, because every golf course is going to give you holes that are, that are good, that are gettable. And they're going to give you holes that are going to punch you in the face if you do something wrong. So <laughs> I, I think the the beauty of the, the dossier is it gives you that from the past. And again, it, it pro- 
you know, again, everything we try to do in Game Forge is to get you better, get you ready for the next event to play better golf. Dossiers are a huge part of that. What do you think, Mark? Uh, yeah, because you know, and we've had so even just playing with them a little bit, we've we've been able to go to teams and say, okay, here's what you can expect at this course. It is going to take away two greens and two in positions from your normal round. Don't get frustrated. It's going to take it away from everybody. Yep. You know, play around that or the par fives are too long. You're not going to be scoring under par fives like normal. You can lay back and play more conservative on this course. Don't get crazy and do it everywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which we've heard rumors of. <laughs> Don't be crazy. Don't um, be crazy. But, but again, you know, it's, it's amazing because people play courses and they have some instinctive idea of kind of what the course does. But, but I always find it interesting when you actually show the hard numbers, even people who have played the course multiple times are like, huh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that about that hole or this about that hole or what it does to the overall field um, because normal human beings can't just assimilate that much data. Yeah. And I, and I hate the, and I hate the, you know, it takes me a couple holes to get into my rhythm, but what if the, three or four of the first six holes are the holes you need to go after and get. If you're just finding your rhythm and making par, you've given away every opportunity to score birdie. And now we're going to roll into the harder holes. And now you're going to expect to flip a switch that nobody else is doing. So I, again, I think having that understanding, you've got to understand what the golf course wants to do. The golf course is designed a certain way and it's going to try to do things to golfers. So we, again, this is where I think the masses are brilliant you know, be careful when you listen to the masses, but inside of this, the, the system really, you know, the players really tell you where it scores, where it doesn't, you know, and I'm amazed anytime when you look at the PGA tour and they put, you know, like in the, the open, they were putting in the fairway, it scored 4.1. If in the rough is 4.7 or whatever, but you know, it shows you what the players are doing. And again, if, you know, anytime you go to the PGA.com after a round and you watch, show me all the tee shots on hole one, they all hit it in the same spot within reason it's not like the winners over here on the left side playing the golf course completely different the winners just doing it better right so i think again using the masses to game plan your way around a golf course and to understand scoring is really really powerful because like i said if your first couple holes are are there for the taking and you're kind of going okay i'm just kind of finding my way golf just got disproportionately harder again yeah Yep, no doubt. It's nice to be prepared ahead of time. And with all the courses that are played out there and all all times when teams go to new courses and have no idea what to expect when they show up, it yep. is a competitive advantage. And that's what we're after, right? That's her uh, always name of, game. That's, name of the game. That's what we do. Uh, and, and again, we do have not gonna, nobody else going to have. Yeah. And again, the beauty is we do consulting. Um, we do college teams. Uh, we do touring professionals. And we are open to amateurs as well. If you are willing, if you want to go ahead and get to your next level quicker, uh, reach out to us. We can definitely get you on your journey. And I think the final piece we'll talk about, there's other stuff we're building, uh, more skunk work stuff. But the the other piece we'll talk about is already sitting in the system. Um, And we kind of revamped three putts. Um, So, Mark, you want to talk on that for a second? Yeah, I think you should talk about it since you did it and you did such a good job with it. I did it. Well, I got <laughs> because I three putt so often. I, I felt our original grasp was not giving me enough information to get better. Um, no, so so what we did is in in the past we had the big solid blue line that showed you how many putts that was your average distance from the hole, but it didn't tell us if we were long or short, and it didn't give us a reference point to whether it was good or bad. Like, okay, I was five feet from the hole. Is that good or bad? Well, at 50 feet, it's really good. At 20 feet, 
kind of bad. Um, so what we did is we actually put some dotted lines at the 10% rule. Um, if you haven't heard the 10% rule, Mark has done tons of videos. He'll probably talk about it here in a second. It's his baby. I'll let him talk about that. So we put the 10% rule marker in there. But what we also did is showed individually the last four putts inside of each zone, in, inside of each putting bin. So zero to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 30, 30 to 40, and so forth. And we show your last four putts and we even highlight them long, short. So if your first putt is, is short, I think it's green. And if your first putt was long in the hole, it would be orange. Or if you see black, that means you don't keep long, short data inside the system, which if you're doing full stats, hit one more button. Come on, man. But if yeah, not, I get nothing, Yeah, if nothing else, put short in there. I mean, I, yeah. you know, if nothing else, we don't like to know what your short percentage is, but yeah. it's pretty um, easy. Yeah, so what, what this is going to allow you to do is kind of see the last couple of times I three-putted in this zone, Am I starting to see a short tendency or am I starting to see long tendencies? Am I, you know, what we tend to see with really long putters is the player that believes everything goes three feet past. If they're very aggressive on long putts, we start to see their long misses getting bigger and bigger and bigger because they're so aggressive trying to hold every putt. Um, so again, it, it'll, it'll start to great, give you great insight into what you do, but really gives you a good sense of at distance inside of three putt world, what is really happening. At distance, yeah, just, we want to just, escape even. So <laughs> yeah, that just, concept. Just one more way to to dig down. You know, we always want to be able to drill down on the okay, you didn't, you know, you didn't hit enough putts inside 10%. Well, okay, why? You know, are they long or are they short? Is it readers at speed? I mean, you've really got to be able to drill down on anything pretty effectively um, to be able to fix it, you know, because we see a lot of stuff out there in systems where like you need to hit more fairways. Okay. How, where, how is it targeting? Is it swing? Is it dispersion? Is it the fairway happens to be narrow? Um, does it really affect my score if I hit 10 fairways, not nine fairways? You know, you need to know the answers to all that to be able to, to work effectively and to train effectively. Yeah, because again, if a system just says that you need to, you know, the average is this and you're doing this, the first question is, is that affecting my score? Because yes. again, or how, much, so many, or how much is it yeah. affecting my score? Yeah, there's so many covariants. Okay, maybe my fairways down might be hurting my score, something. But maybe I'm picking up three more birdie opportunities because I'm hitting it closer because I'm further down because I'm right. more aggressive. You don't know that unless you know that. But again, if you just go to general averages and just generalness, I'm going to compare you to a figure. Be careful. Just be careful. Be careful. Be careful. We, we've, uh, we've heard stories about very good players, very, very good players who uh, their coach said our goal is to make you the number one in fairways on PJ tour. Like, yeah. Okay. Does that matter for you? Yeah. Does it matter? <laughs> That's for some. It does if, for some, but if you, you only know, hit everybody... it about 250, you better be able to hit your fairway. Well, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Two, 280 even, 290. Yeah, even. you better be able to hit a fairway. But, um, you know, pretty much the whole tour hits between seven and nine fairways. Yeah. With a few exceptions, but not a whole lot. And the funny thing is, is most higher handicaps hit more fairways than tour players. Absolutely, they do. <laughs> <laughs> so just be careful out there, people, is what we're trying to tell you. Yes, yes. That's. Uh, it seems like we say that pretty much every time we're out here. Be careful. Yeah, I think we should. Uh, I think we just need to have one of those uh, Uncle Mark and Uncle Brian segments where we just take an entire episode and just say, "Here's what. Here's a philosophy. 
here's, here's why you don't want to pay attention to that. Just be careful. Be careful. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, be careful. The, the good uncle, go have a blast, but make sure that you don't do one or two things because I've done that in the past and you, <laughs> you don't want to do those one or two things. Right, right. <laughs> Your dad will not be happy, but Uncle Brian's going <laughs> to, he took Brian. the pain for you. 15 20 years ago you don't need to do that <laughs> we may yeah learn from our mistakes <laughs> but um so so that that piece is added in there as well and that's already uh running in the system um so again if you're collecting full stat data um all that three putt information is sitting inside there so those are three big pieces that we've added uh there's more coming uh, there's more stuff we're building and more things we're trying to make GameForge smarter and better. Uh, anything you want to wrap this show up on or any uh, any insights you want to give our, our wonderful audience? Um, and then, like I said, I, I, I did bring a co-host today, but since uh, Uncle Sweeney, Papa Sweeney was here, I... Papa Sweeney's, I my co-host is a unsweet iced tea right now. Yeah, I couldn't do it And a you. couple slices of pizza. I couldn't do it to you. <laughs> I would be seething jealous over here. <laughs> but uh, all right, let's wrap this up, Mark. I'll let you close this puppy out. All right. Yeah, we're. I'm going to have a uh, the open finish today. And oh, I would like to congratulate myself. Today is my today is my 20 year anniversary of starting Game Point. Today, today, awesome. Today, literally today. today though, I wore the hat and I didn't even know it. Well, Sunday, Sunday of the Open Championship is when it all started. And I'm going to assume it was roughly the same day 20 years ago. Probably wasn't, but we're going to call it today. Yes. Close enough for me. So that was when you had your first aha moment of, oh, all these dudes are missing the exact same putt? Yeah, it was good weather. It wasn't pouring rain like it was today. It was sunny. and It was at St. Andrews. And uh, just miss, 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 miss. Low, 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 low. And I'm like, huh. And and here we sit, me and you right now. Uh, <laughs> with your point out on. <laughs> I freaking hate you. No, that's <laughs> <laughs> all my fault. No, that's awesome. Tw- Twenty years. That's twenty all years. Oh God, we're getting younger. Patent was filed by September, October, I think. So, and then uh, how's the Palm Pilot? Yeah, the uh, the HP Palm Pilot. <laughs> whatever version with a sink the, the cradle that you synced it with a usb port to your to your pc i remember that <laughs> with a with a screen that was black and white and not sunlight readable <laughs> yeah i know that that no yeah, those, baby, those babies got overrun quick by the cell phone <laughs> remember those things you put them in your pocket and sweat on them and they yeah. would go bad and then apple or h but they, they'd open it up and there was a little there's a little moisture strip yep. on the inside and they'd be like the moisture strips wet it's your fault it's not under warranty you like, dude, it was in my pocket and I was sweating. They're like, too bad. It's under warranty. <laughs> you should have put it in a little, a little baggy. <laughs> should have not put it in your pocket or you should have not sweated. <laughs> yeah, I remember those. And then and then the world switched to the BlackBerry. And that, yeah, um, I had a BlackBerry. Remember that during, thing? Yeah, I had a BlackBerry through 9-11 and after 9-11. Yeah. I remember when I finally bit the bullet and got an apple. The roll the roll thing on the sign, click, and then the spin yeah, wheel would always die. Spin and click. <laughs> it would die. And I had a keyboard and it was I had a pager yeah. too, for the record. I had a pager and a blackberry. I look like a doctor. You know, you look like a drug salesman. Dr. Sweeney. <laughs> you look like a, a <laughs> you look like a you're Criminal. selling some you're selling some product on the corner of <laughs> fifth and fifth and Manhattan. <laughs> so yeah, you know, those are the good old days. 
those are the good old days back when you could do that stuff. Yeah, when technology was cool, now everyone hates it. <laughs> <laughs> now what I would do to get rid of my phone. Fair <laughs> uh, that, true. Um, all right, gentlemen, or Mark. All right, listening. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to download all the, I'm going to get all the, the open data, hopefully, and maybe I'll shoot a little podcast on that because the open tends to have different stats yeah. uh, than regular PJ Tour because the greens tend to run slower. The weather tends to be crappier. Yeah. um it'd be interesting to just kind of have a look at at how that plays in general well i saw one one little tidbit uh when i was watching the end of the open today that said uh the last three major winners so other than john rom all were outside of the top 25 um one so that, you that's got, actually that's statistically pretty improbable yeah it's, it's kind of weird because you had what wyndham clark yeah or yeah yeah then you had, uh, who won the PGA? Has the PGA even happened yet? Oh, oh, oh in uh, New York. Yeah, who won that? I can't remember. <laughs> I always thought the PGA was after the Open. It, it used to be, but they moved it, it up. Be, right? And they moved, yeah. they changed it. I don't, I don't remember who won that, but he was outside of the top 25. I don't even <laughs> and then, remember. Yeah, and then uh, Harmon just won, which, hey, hats off to Harmon, that dude. I, I watch his, I don't ever watch press conferences, so. Yeah. Kind of sidebar. But, uh after one of the British guys, well, they talked about hunting a lot and they were totally setting him up because he likes to kill Bambi with a bow and arrow. They were uh, li- really trying to get him to say some bad stuff, but Harmon, I give you credit. You're well skilled and you knew what to say and not to say when they asked their really opening questions. But the one guy goes, you know, after this on the third day, you kind of started, you know, you kind of fell not, you know, kind of had a rough start, had a couple bogeys, whatnot. And he goes, you know, what what really turned you around? He goes, when I was walking after my second bogey, I was walking to the next tee box. And one of the guys from the crowd goes, Harmon, you don't have the stones for this. He goes, that guy. I love that. He goes, that guy. That guy challenged me and I (laughs) proved him wrong. Yeah. You know, it seemed like there was a lot of hecklers at the open. I didn't I didn't um, think the the uh, the Brits were so heckly. Well, I think live lived the live tour is just rummaging through everything now. Everyone oh, thinks maybe. it's a live event. Maybe a bunch of guys got heckled there. I always thought they were too proper for that. Yeah, well, it was Liverpool. Unless the unless the uh, soccer hooligans were out. <laughs> it was Liverpool, though. Is that really England? Good point. Good point. <laughs> if I if I asked Jamie Donaldson, he'd probably give me a correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty old town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Before we go too far off the rails here, we're going to end this puppy now. And uh, thank everyone for listening. Uh, I think next week will be a Gareth McShay solo podcast. Mm-hmm. And then the, the whole gang should be back. We need to be back because this is episode 99. Ooh really so we gotta go episode 100 maybe we maybe we need to do a big shebang and invite some old guests back and and just make it a rip-roaring time we'll we'll think on that we got a couple weeks but that will be our 100th episode which is uh kind of funny considering when we started this we didn't even know what the hell we were doing we still don't but still don't but we still keep we're closer (laughs) all right thank you so much and we will bring you uh more information in the future See you. This has been a fuel production.